Support for Meaningful Conversations comes from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Wix gives you the freedom to create anything. It doesn't matter if you're building a website for the very first time or if you're a long-term pro. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. Choose a template you love and customize it by adding your own text, images, and videos. Want even more for your website? You can easily start a blog, launch an online store, or create an event. Share everything in a click on social media and drive even more traffic to your site with SEO tools to get found on Google. Wix has all the tools you need to create the exact website you want. You can even create a beautiful website while listening to this podcast. How about that? Over 140 million people choose Wix to create their website. So create yours today. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X dot com slash Meaningful Conversations to get 10% off. I'm Maria Shriver, and this is Meaningful Conversations. On every episode, we'll take a journey into the lives of inspiring, thoughtful, thought-provoking people. People who are smart, spirited, and spiritual. People who have done extraordinary things to make a positive impact on our world. These are people I respect and admire, people who inspire me. I want them to share their stories, their experiences, their wisdom, and their feelings with you. I hope we can come together in community to reflect on the issues and topics that we're all thinking about, but no one seems to be talking about. I hope that you're inspired to have more meaningful conversations with the people in your life. Scott is a mom turned millionaire, and her success story is really amazing. Back in 2002, Kendra started her own jewelry line in her spare bedroom. Today, it's a multi-million dollar company with close to 100 stores across the United States and even one in the United Kingdom. Kendra is self-made in every sense of that word, which is why I asked her to join me on stage at South by Southwest recently for a conversation about balancing female entrepreneurship with being a mom, all while giving back to the community, to the country, to people, and doing good all along the way. Her story inspired me, and I hope she inspires you today as well. Hi, I'm Maria Shriver, and I'm here with the incredible Kendra Scott. I'm wearing her jewelry, (laughs) and we're here with Cadence 13. This is a podcast uh, that I do call Meaningful Conversations, and they are conversations with people that I respect, admire, and I think have something important for us all to learn. So I'm really thrilled to be doing this in Austin with an Austin huge success story, Kendra Scott. So uh, I want to thank her so much. Kendra, how would you describe a meaningful life? Being a mother, I always say people say, well, are you a CEO or a designer first? And I always say, well, I'm a mom first. And I think for me, creating a life that allowed me to be a present mother and to create a work environment that supported other mothers Mm -hmm. and other parents, the sort of utopia for families was really important. 
And after losing my stepfather, as we talked about, to brain cancer, I realized I had a very short time on this earth. And he really instilled in me that we all have a unique fingerprint. And there's a reason that we've been given this unique fingerprint. And that while you're here, you should do something good. And so I think for me, I learned that, unfortunately, losing him you know, in my 20s, I learned a very important lesson early in life. And I, I've been able to utilize it every day. And so seeing the work we're doing, not just in fashion and design, which is exciting, but that Mm -hmm. there's much more meaning behind beautiful products that we're actually able now to change women's lives. So since 2010, Kendra Scott has donated $30 million. Yes. Oh (laughs) my God. Yes. Which, you know. Wait a second. Wait a second. I mean, just like, how does that make you feel? And I think it's so, let's back up a second. You had $500 and you've turned it into this billion dollar empire, not overnight. But when you hear yourself say, $30 $30 million that we've given away. It, like right now, I'm actually a little emotional about it because yeah. it was so beyond anything that I could have imagined. And I think when I started this out of my extra bedroom and I had this newborn baby, which is now my 17-year-old, mm-hmm. very tall son, I just remember thinking if anybody would call that I would always have something to give, that I could make a pair of earrings or I could make a necklace, but I wouldn't say no. And I just decided that with, you know, after losing Rob, I want, that was my way of being able to contribute to my community. Even if it wasn't a big thing, it was a, a, what I could do at the time. And to think now that in 17 years from that extra bedroom, just donating things to silent auctions and raffles that we could actually, you know, we just gave a $250,000 research grant for a doctor in Baylor Medical Center for metastatic breast cancer, which I lost a friend to. Like... The, when we gave these check, when we're doing these things, I mean, literally, I, I get so emotional because it is more than I could have ever imagined, but it's for me, this is why I get up every day and I'm so excited to go to work because it is, it's just beyond. beyond. So when you say it's bigger than you ever imagined, people often say like they have a dream and they hope they achieve their dream. This is beyond your dream. Oh, I couldn't have dreamt this big, Maria. I couldn't have. I mean, I, I could to say that the words that we, you know, as a company gave thirty million. Like we're doing these things to help. We help ten thousand organizations across the country. I mean, it's, it is so remarkable and it's so exciting. And I think what's amazing is I've got now two thousand people that work with Kendra Scott that are my brothers and sisters. Ninety-five percent of them are women. But I think, you know, I have this team that have the same core values. Mm -hmm. They are all about family. They obviously love fashion because that's what we do. But they have these hearts that beat for their community. Uh, They have a philanthropic soul. And they're together when you have one person in a bedroom and then you have two people and then you have five people, then you have 50 people. Now we have an army of these amazing people that are out in communities across the country, boots on the ground, that are able to really go in and make a difference. Mm-hmm. That's so awesome. So you know? you're you're really an American dream success story, right? Even bigger than you dreamed you you have achieved. But really you're an Austin. Yes. Dream <laughs> success story. What is it? We have millions of people that have come into this city for South by Southwest. You are determined to start your company here and to keep it here. Yeah. So what is it about this city that made your business or made you who you are? 
You know, Austin, for those of you that are from here, but those of you who have visited for the first time, you will see this is a dynamic, amazing city. It's a warm, loving community. Uh, They support local business like nothing I have seen before. There is so much ideation happening and innovators, entrepreneurs, uh, you know, forward thought leaders. Like it's really an unbelievable place to be a part of. And I knew this back in the day, but I remember when I started and I'd go to New York to show my line, they'd be like, you're from Texas? Oh, like if you're not, you know, from one of the coasts, like I don't think you'll ever really be a relevant fashion brand. Like I really had an editor say that to me. And about, I don't remember, it's probably like five years ago, that same editor called me to ask me what was trending in fashion jewelry. And she didn't remember that interaction. I did, but I didn't remind her. You didn't? No, 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 no. That's a classy lady. But Austin is part of the DNA of Kendra Scott. Like this city is part of what makes our brand so great. In what way? So we're not afraid to be, you know, a little unique. I mean, they say keep Austin weird. We're not afraid to color outside of the lines. We're not afraid to do things our own way. And I think with my jewelry line, it was the same way. We had all these amazing artists and creators and we got to bring them in and they maybe weren't traditional fashion designers or jewelry designers. They were artisans who took fashion and trends and we interpreted them in our own unique way. So when we would go to market, we didn't look like everybody else. Everyone else was trying to do what everyone else was doing. We were here in Austin in this own little utopia of amazingness and we just created things that we thought were beautiful and amazing and it turned out that other people thought so too. But how is that, did you get the confidence to resist people telling you, you have to move to New York, you have to go to Los Angeles, you can't do this. Now that's 17 years ago, we're hearing a lot about women entrepreneurs mm-hmm. today, but not when you were starting out. No, you know, when I started, I mean, I, a lot of people know this story, but I started with a tea box of jewelry and I went to a boutique in Austin and I, then I sold to the next boutique. I mean, I literally went door to door, like a door to door salesman. But this community, if I would have done that in New York City, with a baby and a baby Bjorn, which is what I had Kate in, they would have probably called the police or security or something. Like they would have laughed me out of the store. I don't think they would have given me an opportunity. Here, these amazing boutique owners were like, come in, like I love your jewelry. They gave me a chance. And Mm. I really believe this city gave me my wings to fly. And I'm so dedicated and so loyal to this town because of it. I really don't think I would have had this success that we've had if I didn't have this love and support from a community that believes in their own. So many, the challenges for women entrepreneurs, right, is funding. And I read that you got turned down (laughs) by every bank and everyone when you were trying to get some money. And you actually went to the Texas bank, is that correct? Yeah, so. Where you said now you'll always bank. Yeah, I, I mean, let me tell you, I, first of all, it's so hard to get funding for for any entrepreneur. I think it's not easy. Right. But when as a woman entrepreneur, and then also starting a fashion brand in Austin, Texas, which hadn't been done before, and really wasn't a proven thing, it was like, no, 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 like not going to happen. And I didn't even know where to go to get funding. Like there weren't forums like there are today that right. we could do that. I mean, South by Southwest, when I started my company, was a music festival. We didn't have all this unbelievable innovation and ideas and you know thought sharing and that we had now. So I didn't even know where to go. But I had gotten a line of credit with a large bank. And then the recession hit. And I was just a number to that bank. I was loan number, blah, 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 blah. So when I would call, I'd be like, hey, this is Kendra Scott. I'm calling. Uh, what's your loan number? Uh, hold, please. You know, and then I'd be transferred four times. And I'm like, listen, I don't know why you know, they told me they were going to call my loan. 
and I had paid every month on time. I was never late with a payment. And I remember thinking, but I did everything I was supposed to do. We are considering you high risk now. You're in fashion and jewelry. We, are, we're not, we can't keep your loan. You've got 60 days to pay it off. And I didn't have money. I was a single mom at the time now with two little boys. And I remember just sitting on my kitchen floor in tears thinking, this is it. Like, I'm going to lose this business. And many businesses, many businesses shuttered during this time for these exact types of scenarios. And um, I finally was able to get a local bank who I could sit across the table with, a, a woman president of the bank who knew me. And she knew that I had the tenacity. And I mean, I looked her in the eye and I said, well, I'll give you everything I own up for collateral. Like literally, I don't own that much, but I promise you I will pay this back. I promise you if you believe in me. And she did because I could have a human conversation with her. And, mm. you know, a Texas bank saved Kendra Scott. <laughs> so let, let's talk about sitting on the floor crying. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So uh, she's already made me cry once. So yes. Uh, and that was like the first five seconds she made me cry. <laughs> but I think it's important because I think so many people always think they hear, you know, your success, but they don't hear about crying on the floor. Right. And I think this is also, I like to say for so many women, we do a disservice also to other people to say, oh, I lost my weight right away. Oh, I bounced right back. Oh, I found yeah. a guy, I got divorced and I'm on the new yeah, thing. No. You know, it's not true. Right. No. And so I, I think it's important, like when you're sitting on the floor crying mm -hmm. and you don't have the money, you think you can't make up what inside of you do you attribute to like, I can do this. I could go on. You know, I, I think it's a couple of things. You know, I, I first of all, failure was not an option. Like I had already failed before once in my first business, which is a little hat company. And I remember that feeling and being like, okay, I'm not going to let this happen again. And I knew in my heart of hearts, I had something good. I knew we were onto something good. But it's like you look at, like I looked in the faces of my two sons and it gave me an amazing amount of strength. And I looked at my mother who I, you know, I shared with you came from a farming community where her dad and her brothers were mining at night and working the fields during the day. And I thought, you know what? They got up every day and they, they, they did it. They figured out a way to do it. And it's yeah. like there's this fire sometimes inside of you that you have to grasp like down deep. And it is literally like talking to yourself, like pull yourself off the floor. Because you can do two things in those moments. You yeah. can cover your head up with the covers, close mm -hmm. the drapes, and say, I give up, and that's it. And I don't know why I'm doing this. This is too hard. Mm -hmm. Did or, you ever think of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and you can have those moments, mm -hmm. but then it's important for you to think like, okay, or option two is I can get out of bed. I can wash my hair. That's always a good start. <laughs> Taking a shower helps. <laughs> And, you know, it is like, okay, what am I going to do proactively today to move forward, to progress forward? Mm -hmm. And if I get turned away again at another bank or if I'm getting, I'm just going to go to another one and I'm going to go to another one and I'm going to go to another one. And I think it's that tenacity of I'm not going to give up. And to also realize like, you know, when this was all happening, I realized how I was running my business was not really the smartest way. I mean, the recession to me was the greatest gift that ever happened to Kendra in, Scott. In what way? So we were only selling wholesale at the time, so to other retailers. And 
the recession made me realize I had all my eggs in one basket. And when the, you know, these wholesaler, these retail companies, the buyers were, you know, losing their jobs, they were getting laid off. Everyday boutiques were shuttering that I had worked with for many, many years. And I knew that I had to control the conversation with my customer, that I was allowing other stores to do that. And the only way I could do that was to get into retail, to actually open my own stores, to have the direct conversations with my customers, to learn what she loved, what she wanted more of. And the recession forced me, because I was just able to just, you know, we were doing okay, I was paying the right. bills, but it forced me to do a drastic change within my company. And so I sometimes think about these peaks and valleys of our life and these low points, and the recession was a low point for everyone. Right. I mean, not just me, there, I mean, there were thousands and thousands of people affected by this recession. It was, in retrospect, when I started to look and we opened our first store in Austin and we started to see lines around the block and we launched our e-commerce site and all of a sudden I started looking at that valley and saying, wow, that's why we had to go through this because I wouldn't have gotten here if I didn't go there. And in the moment, I was on the floor crying. But when you get through it, you're like, aha, that's why. You know, so what are, are there other valleys that have taught you the uh, yes. the trip to where you are today? What's the other valley? There's so many. I mean, <laughs> there's I there you know there there val. I think in all of our lives, and that's what is so important is is that you know there'll be moments that are really high and great, and you know as a mother, you know we go through things with our children that can be yeah. so heartbreaking and so difficult. I went through a divorce when the boys were one and three not what was planned, not what I thought would happen with my life, not the big grand plan of my future, but it's what happened. And I think in retrospect, I realize now, okay, again, I got these two amazing boys, the greatest gift in the whole world. Mm -hmm. And even though that relationship didn't work out, it didn't mean that I couldn't be happy again. And, you know, I think a lot of times we get jaded, right, when bad things happen to us. Mm -hmm. And to just continue to have, I think, hope is important. Don't go away. We'll have more of the conversation in just a moment. But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. Of all the meaningful conversations we can have, one of the most important is about our mental health. The new podcast, Inner Space, with Dr. Barbara Van Dalen, is bringing together people from the world of entertainment, business, religion, and politics to help you understand your own inner space, develop emotionally healthy habits, recognize the signs of emotional pain in ourselves and loved ones, and find new ways to care for those who are suffering. We all need this. Inner Space features conversations with people like Bruce Cohen, who's a movie producer and a director, DJ Nash, Anna Shinoda, and of course, many more. You're bound to learn so much from each of these episodes because Dr. Barbara is really insightful. She's the founder and president of the nonprofit Give an Hour. She was named in 2012 to Time Magazine's list of the 100 most influential people in the world. And she's worked closely with the Obama administration to create and launch the Campaign to Change Direction. Plus, she's the mental health consultant for the hit ABC drama, A Million Little Things. I've known Barbara and I interviewed her along with Talinda Bennington as Architects of Change, and I was impressed with both of them and the incredible work that they're doing. 
And they've also contributed to my online publication, The Sunday Paper. Both of those women are doing really extraordinary work. So I'm super excited that Dr. Barbara's going to have her own podcast called Inner Space. So go listen to Inner Space. Anywhere podcasts are offered, just search Inner Space Barbara. That's Inner Space Barbara. Give it a listen after this show. And good luck, Barbara. Now let's get back to the conversation. You were saying, we were talking backstage earlier, and you were saying that the key is also you have found in your life to stay open. So stay open, okay, my business might not be doing well, I'm gonna stay open to other possibilities. My love life didn't work out, I'm gonna stay open. Uh, We're not doing well here, I'll try to move over here. Constantly trying to learn, curious, and stay open. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm a sponge and I want to learn something new every day. Every morning I wake up and I'm running a company bigger than it was yesterday. I'm in new territory. And so I have to be, you know, you have to be open-minded to, one, not being afraid to ask for help. Um, Mm -hmm. I think as a lot of times as women, we think that's a sign of weakness. But to me, it's the greatest sign of strength when you can say, hey, I'm out of, I'm out of my, I'm over my skis right now. You've been there. Can you help me? And people innately like to help other people. Mm. And I think I've been open now to learning to that it's okay to say, like, I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable right now. Like, and I'm a little scared. And when you say that to someone that you respect and admire, the reaction is pretty amazing that I've found. Because most in my women, life. I think, would think, like, yo, you shouldn't say that in business. Don't right. go in business and go, I'm scared. No, because, well, and, but you should, but I think that's what is like a lot of times everybody has got these like walls that we put up around us, this persona, and I've got to walk in this room and I've got to be, and I've realized more and more as I've grown, the more we can just be honest and be real and to say, you know what, like I haven't done this before. I don't know. And I know you have, like, do you have any words of advice for me? You will get the most amazing things that happen and the relationships you can build become real and honest because all of a sudden these people who you think are will also start to to break down their walls and their kind of pretense because so what's some of the best advice you. you got out of saying hey i'm scared i haven't been here before what advice can you give me? You know, I remember when I was trying to figure out the funding stuff mm-hmm. and I was so frustrated. I'm like, what, what do I do? How do I do this? I've got so much on the line. Um, everything I owned was on the line. And I just like, where are these investors? And I remember one of my mentors saying to me, Kendra, stop worrying about getting investment capital. Focus on building the best business you can build. And I promise you they will come. And I'm like, they're just going to know. And they said, yes, they will know. And I was like, okay, I had blind faith in this. And I stopped putting 20% or 30% of my energy into fundraising, even though we needed the money, but we were able to still skirt by. I was focused on all I'm going to worry about is making the best products, giving the most unbelievable customer service, surprising and delighting my customer every day, and winning. I mean, I got this very competitive spirit. Like, I didn't want to just be good. I wanted to be, like, the best. And, in you know, that's where I think a lot of women, too, like, we, you know, we have to be strong, but we want to be sweet and kind. We can be fierce, too. Yeah. You can be fiercely yeah. competitive. Yeah. That'd be nice. At the same time, you know? So when, when you were saying, like, I think that you didn't, a lot of the things you're doing you hadn't done before, you hadn't been a CEO. How do you learn how to do that in real time? So, you know, for me, I 
didn't finish college. So I started my first company when I was 19, which was this hat company. And I had a little retail store. And I had that for five years, working seven days a week, running my little hat shop. My mom helped me. And that was, to me, I got a master's degree in the School of Hard Knocks. I mean, I really did. It was day in and day out of what retail looked like. It was like retail 101, but at right. this other, how to make payroll, what, how gross margin looked like, and realizing that in when I started Kendra Scott, all those lessons of that little hat shop became- That failed. That failed. Right. Were the greatest gifts I could ever been given because it helped me build a foundation for success when I launched Kendra Scott. And I didn't, again, at the time, that just seemed- like the worst thing that happened. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a terrible time in my life. But in retrospect, that was the greatest education. And then realizing then, too, I didn't go to business school. So what could I do? I joined EO, which was Entrepreneurs Organization. I wanted to be around other entrepreneurs. I wanted to learn from them. And I realized how vulnerable so many of us were. And when we would yeah. share stories of things they were going through, I might have had the answer. But then I had a question, and somebody else might have the answer. And when you're in a forum like that, to be able to have a safe space to communicate with others that are mm-hmm. going through a similar thing was really powerful. And I did a EO, MIT, uh, entrepreneurial master's course for a three-year course. 65 entrepreneurs from around the world get chosen each year to do this three-year program. And I did that in 2006. I finished in 2009. So during this whole turmoil, that class of 65 students are still some of my best friends today. We have called on each other countless times for advice and, and we share happiness, we would have, it was such a gift, but I, I needed that. And I learned so much from others just going through the same thing that I was going through. What are the three smartest things you've done in building your business and the three stupidest? The three smart, wow, okay, smartest. I think I learned early, and this was part of that MIT course I took, is to know your strengths, but more importantly, identify your weaknesses. And I think a lot of CEOs or or founders, they think they can do everything. And no one can do everything. And no one can do everything great. That's for sure. And I think we're so, we have to really know, like, I'm not good at this. This is not my strength. I need to bring in somebody who is brilliant at that. Mm-hmm. but that shares my core values. So I think that would be number two. So it's building a, a really amazing team right. where you balance each other and you don't hire just people that are exactly like you or you're not going to be able to move forward. Right. So bringing people with other experiences and backgrounds, but then knowing that you are hiring on heart before, I mean, I hire on heart before a gold-plated resume. So explain that, So uh, which I love. I think you, someone comes in with a gold-plated resume, how do you hire on heart? What does that mean practically? So, you know, we, we obviously, we look, you know, are these people qualified, whatever, right. but we meet them. And to me, there are a lot of skills we can teach, but you can't teach the heart and the kindness. And for us, the core values of family and giving back and doing good is really, it has to be part of your soul to be part of Kendra Scott. And it doesn't matter if you went to Harvard Business School. It doesn't matter to me if you've been working as a CEO at the top brands, if you do not share that same core value, then it's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And staying true to that with creating leadership within our organization that really 
it's like birds of a feather flock together. And you, mm-hmm. then that overflows. As our company has grown now to 2,000 people, that is our number one priority, is our culture, is making sure that we're hiring the right people. And you know that, I think, has been the smartest thing. And I didn't always do that. So that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake and the smartest thing. I mean, in yeah. the early days, I hired on gold plate and resume. And I said, in my intuition, in my gut, there's something off with this person. It's just like, it's a, not quite right. But gosh, they've got such great experience. I mean, they could add so much. All right, just don't listen to your intuition. Hire them. Every single time I've done that, I've regretted it. Every single time. And it's way harder to replace a position later. Take the time in hiring the right people. Even if it's going to take an extra 30, 60 days, the time it would take to get have somebody leave an organization, retrain somebody else, the cost to the company is so much greater. So I always say just take your time, especially in hiring leaders within an organization. One of the things I admire about you, Kendra, is also when you talk about the workplace culture. I was reading that you have a, you know, a family or a study room so that if you have a kid that's in school and you're still at work, you let the kids come in and study. You have a breast pumping room. So that's really quite, you know, and I don't know what year you started that in, but that's really forward thinking. Well, you know, I laugh because when I was young, a really popular movie, and I'm probably dating myself, you guys want to know, it was 9 to 5. Yeah, so I remember okay? it well. Okay, yeah. and it was like in the 80s. Yeah. And I remember watching this, and it's these women, Dolly Parton, mm-hmm. and, you know, they take over an office. Right. And they, I mean, they locked the boss away I wouldn't Lily Tomlin Jane Fonda yeah yeah, Jane Fonda it was an amazing movie you have to watch it but they created this woman's utopia they brought in childcare. they had flexible work hours it was like I mean the whole office they had flowers it was so beautiful (laughs) they dressed it up and it's they created a utopia and that silly movie I swear stuck in my brain because when we were building Kendra Scott I'm like we have the opportunity to create a real nine to five to create a a place for women, for families, that we support each other, that they could bring their you know, babies to work. We have mother's nursing rooms where we have mother's milk refrigerators just for mom's milk. We have a nail salon so you don't have to leave. You can get your nails and they're complimentary. They're on me. You get manis Whoa. and petties at Kendra Scott. <laughs> we have a smoothie bar so that you could have healthy snacks throughout your day if you're running ragged. We'll deliver it to your desk. We have fitness centers. We do yoga classes, bar classes. Uh, How can you afford to do all that? How can I not afford it? I think today when you create a workplace that is happy, that people feel that they can balance their life, that their life feels full because they have a company that's supporting them, you will have loyal, amazing employees that will stay with you, that will stand behind you. I have you know, seven employees who have been with me for over 13 years that are original, you know, original part right. of the original crew. Again, what I go back to is you know, that when you have to lose someone to another mm-hmm. company and you have to go through all of this, it's going to cost you so much more than providing these extra benefits to me are such a gift that I'm able to give them because they give so much every day to our organization. More meaningful conversations in just a bit. Whether you just got the keys to your first place or you're looking to upgrade the pieces you've had forever, Snow has home goods that are practical and striking to look at. Snow makes luxury essentials for every room in your home, minus the markup. They partner directly with master craftsmen to create beautiful, simple products that are made to last. 
like their incredibly soft award-winning sheets and fluffy duvets or luxurious air-spun cotton towels and robes. They also have super durable dishwasher-safe porcelain dinnerware and wine glasses with titanium-enforced stems. Ooh, cool. Snow has received rave reviews from Vogue, Fast Company, Apartment Therapy, and more. It's the home collection of your dreams, priced for your reality. I like that. Right now, Snow is offering our listeners $30 off your first purchase of $150 or more when you go to snowhome.com slash meaningful. That's S-N-O-W-E home.com slash meaningful to get 30 bucks off your first offer. Again, visit snowhome.com slash meaningful for your special offer. Now back to the conversation. Let's talk a minute about how you kind of have a meaningful life, how you have a full life and build a company. Because so many women say like, you know, oh, I'm running this company. I'll never find a partner. I can't be a mom simultaneously because I have to build the company. It's impossible to do all these things simultaneously. And you're beautiful. You're well-dressed. You you just told me the story of meeting your husband. I was like, holy moly, you know? (laughs) I mean, so I got remarried. Oh, I don't want you to tell the story, but it's a good one. It's a doozy. But, you know, how do you, what do you say to women who say, you know, you can't have it all? You know, I think we also get asked a lot of the balance question. I don't know if men get asked that as much as as women get asked, or do we have work-life balance? But I think, you know, I kind of look at it, and one of my friends told me this a long, long time ago, and if you look at our lives like a big circle, and you kind of cut it out in pies. Have you ever done this exercise? Uh, Yeah, I do it all the time. It's so (laughs) good if you haven't done this. And you write the things in your life that are important. So it could be spirituality, it could be your friendships, it could be family, it could be your career. And you start to fill those pies up of where you feel like the level is in your life. And part of what we try to do at Kendra Scott is I want people's, if you're, so if you fill the pie up and you're like really good, you've seen your friends every week, but then in spirituality, maybe you're like, I really just want to get to church on Sunday and I haven't done it. And so that's that part of it is filled up. And mm-hmm. if you think of it as a wheel, you want all the pieces of the pie to be equal because otherwise the wheel can't turn around. So if one part of your wheel is flat, your wheel You'll just you won't go anywhere, right? But people right? don't understand how to, you know, they look at their wheel and yes. it's like ninety percent. They're starting a company. Right. They're working seven days a week. It's a startup. The wheel is the yes. whole business, right? So, like, where do you like? How can you build that company and find space for? And so, like, else? I always do it with simple things. Like, I don't try to be like, okay, I'm going to try. I'll do like a simple thing. So, health and wellness, or like working out. Exercise is always an issue for me. I never have time. I'll be like, my goal is to try to work out twice a week. Like, and that will, be, I will feel full. Or you might be even once a week. You mm-hmm. know, if I'm really at a time in my life. But it's a small goal to get me to where, in my heart, I'm going to feel good about what, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. It may not be, you know, running a marathon and doing everything right. right. Family for me is always everything. I mean, I'm 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 such a mother, and I want to be with my kids. And so, organizing my schedule throughout the day to allows me to be home when they get home from school means I don't go out to lunches. I eat every mm-hmm. you know meal in a meeting. Everyone in my company, I'm always laughing. I'm like, I know I'm eating again because I've chosen that that's more important to me. Mm-hmm. to get home and not and to utilize my time during the day as efficiently and effectively as I can so that I can be present with my children at night. And I think it's all of these 
things that we do in our life, they're accommodations in a way, right? Right, right. To help make us feel a little bit fuller. And it's never going to be perfect, but the goal is to try to make it as smooth, right, as like you possibly can. And that's why for me, the workplace was so important for my employees. If I could provide things for their family that they needed or provide mothers who are coming back off maternity leave, transitional opportunities to get back in, into the, their work you know, in flow. And I mean, all of those things matter and it leads to really, really happy people. They can work out at the gym at the office. They don't have to get in their cars and fight Austin traffic, which you guys know it's crazy right now. It's crazy all the time, but it's exceptionally crazy during South by. But it, you know, I think all of those things do really matter for people and I think more companies if they were thinking about the happiness and their and the whole being of their employees mm -hmm. not just about their bottom line the world would be a very different place but do you find yourself kind of working the perception of running a company 24 7 I mean for me I I'm blessed because I'm doing what I love so when you do what you love you may be working but I'm working on something I'm, I'm excited about. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs who they're starting a business, that fire, that excitement that wakes you up at four in the morning mm -hmm. and you have ideas and you're thinking about them. I mean, there's something about that that is, it's, it's like it gives me life, you know? I right. love it. But I don't shut it off. I mean, I'm not good at vacations. In that, I am always somehow connected. I'll check So it does over. your husband like that? No, he does not. No. No. He does, I mean, he's like, sometimes he's like, honey, you gotta... It's going to be okay, and if the house is burning down, like you know, they're gonna they're gonna find you. It'll be okay. And I'm like, you're right, you're right. And you have to have trust in your people that they can do it. And I'm I have to be better too. So every day I'm, I'm working on that. I'm yeah. working on vacations. So let me ask you, you you in the very beginning wanted to keep your products not only beautiful, right, but affordable. Yes. And so the price point of your jewelry is extraordinary. And, and so how, how did people say you, you can't make money if you keep that price point that low? Yes. I mean, from the early days, I wanted to find beautiful handcrafted jewelry and gorgeous semi-precious stones, and I couldn't afford it. What was out there um, for me that I wanted, I couldn't afford. And so I thought, there's got to be a way that I could make beautiful jewelry, but that was attainable for me. It wasn't going to be inexpensive. $100 for a pair of earrings or $75 isn't cheap by any stretch of imagination, but it's attainable. Mm -hmm. You could figure it out. You could figure out how to get your head around it. And I knew that we had to go directly to the source. There were so many middlemen, importers, exporters along the way, and I needed to get right to where the stones were. And that was part of it. Mm -hmm. And then really, you know, just figuring out how to take some of the margin out from, you know, those middlemen and being able to pass that right along to my customers so that it could be attainable. I mean, our fine jewelry is an example of that. We launched diamonds and fine uh, 14 karat gold. Again, everyone said, Kendra, you can't go up in price point once you've been at this category. And I love it when someone tells me I can't do something. Yeah. Like I get like really excited and I'm like, oh yeah, say it again. Say that I can't do it one more time. And then I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like, game on. And so I, I literally, we, we launched our, our fine jewelry line, and we decided we weren't going to sell it to any wholesalers. We were only going to sell it in our stores and web because that margin that the other retailers would make wouldn't allow me to make this high-quality product attainable. So I can take that margin save that other retailers would have marked my product up, and I can give that back to our customers. And so, you know, our fine jewelry is priced so competitively because of it. And those things are important to me, and they will always be important to me. Don't go away. We'll have more of the conversation in just a moment. 
But first, let's talk about one of our sponsors. This episode of Meaningful Conversations is brought to you by Living Proof. Living Proof, you probably know it, is a line of hair products that tackle the toughest beauty challenges with technology from MIT scientists. That means their products are backed by science, not just marketing gimmicks. From frizz to damage to fullness, Living Proof products do exactly what they claim to do without using silicones, parabens, phthalates, or animal testing. Like their award-winning dry shampoo that actually cleans your hair. Whoa. Unlike other dry shampoos on the market, Living Proof doesn't just mask oil, sweat, and odors, but removes them completely, leaving your hair looking clean, fresh, ready to go. It's no wonder they've won eight Best of Beauty Breakthrough Awards. Living Proof is delivering results that you can see from across the room. So try Living Proof today by visiting livingproof.com meaningful and use promo code MEANINGFUL to get free samples of their award-winning dry shampoo with your purchase. That's livingproof.com slash meaningful, promo code MEANINGFUL, for a free sample of dry shampoos with your purchase. I'm going to read it one more time. livingproof.com slash meaningful, promo code MEANINGFUL. Now let's get back to the conversation. So we hear now about the death of retail, right? (laughs) Everybody's like, oh my God, Amazon is eating everybody alive. It's impossible to compete. And so for a person, an entrepreneur who's hearing you, who thinks like, oh, should I start a small store? Doesn't everything have to be e-commerce? Is it possible to do retail today in 2019? It is. I mean, we opened 20 stores last year, brick and mortar. We have 95 retail locations across the United States now. Wow. It just pauses when you say that. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it is. It's hard. It is. So like, I'm always, so like, okay. But go, going back to your question on Amazon, you know, look, I think Amazon's made retailers be more competitive, be better about how we deliver products, how we can get things to our customer faster. I love that. I love that it's forcing retailers to do something innovative in the e-commerce space. But people will always need a human touch. There is no way that a computer or a keyboard will ever replace the human touch, the way you can get a feeling, an emotion that you can get when you walk into a place that inspires you and, and, and people that are warm and friendly or hug you or welcome you with a glass of champagne or a cool lemonade. Which what, what that happens here yes, in Austin yes, at your store. It does. There's something about that and it, you create community in spaces. So four walls, it's amazing the things that you can accomplish. We have Kendra Gives Back events in our stores where we do events for local charities and we give 20% back. So all these people that have a like-minded heart and mind for an organization come together in our space and we have a party and we celebrate and we learn about their mission and people are shopping and having fun and getting to know each other. Those types of forums will are so very important. And I think retail today, will not die, it's just how we do it. And I think focusing more on that connection to Mm -hmm. your customer, giving them, it's not just putting up a beautiful location, it's how are you engaging them? How are you speaking to them? How are you touching them emotionally? 
that's the connection that you get because when you have that in a store then yeah there we have customers that still order things online right. but they may have had such a connection in our store mm -hmm. and now they have a connection to our brand that becomes so loyal and our customers are incredibly loyal because we truly care about them and we care about the things they they care about who is the kendra scott woman she is oh i love her first of all she's multi i love her uh, she's multi-generational. So we have, I've had in my store three generations at one time. I've had a grandmother, a mother, and her daughter, and all of them are having the times of their life finding jewelry, which I think is pretty amazing for a brand to accomplish. But what's funny is I'll see like a 16-year-old girl and I'll see like a 40-year-old woman, and the 40-year-old might be having a party on the color bar, that's where you can des design your own jewelry, with champagne. And then earlier in the day, we might have had a party for a 16-year-old with apple cider, but she's the same girl. She just grew up. And I think they're, you know, a Kendra Scott customer, it's a personality. She's warm. She's fun. She's a little, she's got confidence. She's not a wallflower. She's not afraid to, like, put herself out there. She has a heart that beats for her community. A lot of amazing moms and women. You know, we have a really fun customer. I love that description. We were talking backstage about I was encouraging her to write a book. And uh, she was and like, I was like, how do I do that? <laughs> and I was like, I got you here. But you, yes, she can. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, right. oh, that's right. You can. Okay, very good. Yeah. Thank you very yes. much. Good point. Good point. Yeah, you can't do yes, that. Can. <laughs> but we were just talking about kind of, you know, the idea that this woman is out there. And you were saying that the secret, the book, had been a big a factor for you because yeah. you were already doing that. Were you imagining that woman or was that woman just you? Or talk about how you visualized all of this, even though it's bigger than you thought. You know, I don't think, I just designed things that I wanted and I loved that I couldn't find, honestly. That was where I saw there was white space. You know, the things that I wanted were not accessible to me. And I wanted to be part of something, and I saw what was happening in retail. I wanted to have a place where people could, you know, have community. Like, I, I'm all about community and, like, bringing people together and events and having fun and, like, creating really warm environments. It just so happened that these people are similar. And, again, it's like the culture thing we talked about for the company. Our customer represents our brand culture. But did you visualize that girl, that woman, that no, multi-generational? It, it's such a varied customer for us. That's what I get, I think, is so cool. Austin is such a mix of culture here. Like, mm -hmm. we've got hippies and politicians, and everybody just hangs out together and, like, gets along, and musicians. And the Kendra Scott customer is so diverse and I love it. I love it that it's so unexpected that we can have so many different people from different backgrounds, but yet they come together in our store and everybody has a great time. And so yes and no. I mean, I think for me, I'm a very inclusive person. I love people. I love getting to know people. And the people in our store that come in have a very similar heart. So you were saying that this is so much bigger than you ever imagined. Do you have to keep reimagining your company, re-upping your dreams? Yes. I mean, I think the minute you become a stagnant or you, you know, you have to every day kind of wake up with that mindset of, okay, like we have to be better than we were yesterday. Mm -hmm. And you cannot become complacent 
because a lot of people will hit, you know, I remember thinking I had what they call the big, hairy, audacious goal, which was to become a billion dollar brand. It's a goal that you put out there that's so outrageous yeah. that it could like never happen, but you kind of throw it out there. So you said that to people, I'm going to become a billion dollar In my brand. BHAG. Well, no, that was my big, hairy, audacious goal. Oh, I, I don't know uh, if I really told oh, people it. I had it on had my board. In, okay, on your and board. And it was a billion dollar brand. So then when we we became a billion dollar brand, that I think a lot of brands, they'll get to a point and you're like, okay, I did it, yay, now we can just go and hang out and let's go to Bali. That's when you have to work hardest because now you're here and you've got to keep that machine going. And so, you know, every day it's about how can we be innovative? Again, the going back to surprising and delighting. I, I love those terms because I think that's our job, whatever, if you're doing CPG, if you're doing technology, whatever it is, you have a connection, you're selling something to right. somebody, right? You have to be better. You have to surprise and delight them. And if you're doing just what your competitors are doing, I always say this, you've already failed. And I think that's so true. Like, you have to do it better. So many leaders of companies, right? They get to a certain point and then they're out because they can't run it, they can't be thinking, they can't be surprising and delighting because the business of it all is overwhelming. And then when they go to ask for any additional funding, they, they usually get kicked out. So how do you run the company, surprise, delight, create, think? Because I have a great team. You know, my name, I'm the lucky one that gets the name on the brand but it is the thousands of amazing, talented, brilliant people that I get to work beside that allow me to do the things that I'm good at so that I can focus on those things. I can focus on how we can be better as a company. I can focus on the design and how to connect with the customer. Um, those are my priorities every day. And I, I trust and, and allow the people that I work with. Now, I'm not that I'm not involved and engaged. Yeah. I am, but I allow them to run th those portions of the business. And I think you know that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck. And, you know, bringing in investment capital, you know, I had an opportunity. I could have sold a lot, and it was valued at a billion dollars. I was majority shareholder. I, way by a lot. I'm still majority shareholder. I wanted to stay in control of my company. I love what I do. I didn't need, you know, I didn't want to exit. My, this is my life. This is part of who I am. I want to be cutting ribbons on stores when I'm 90 years old. You know, I love this. <laughs> So for me, it's not just about the paycheck. And I'm so engaged mentally, and as I hope my body will keep up with you know, the energy that I have inside of myself, because I'd love to be a part of this as long as I'm able. And, and I hope that we can create a brand that my children and my grandchildren will be proud of. I want to create a legacy brand. And to do that, I feel like I need to be in control of that destiny. And I can't just hand that off to somebody else. And she is in control of her destiny. So I want to thank you, Kendra, thank for you so sharing really your wisdom, your optimism, your sense of surprise, but your fierceness as well, <laughs> which I think is the incredible combination and the lessons that come from the floor and the lesson that is there today, building a brand, a legacy brand, but giving back to make other people's lives better. So God bless and thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Meaningful Conversations. If you're looking for more inspiration and words of wisdom, then please sign up for my weekly email newsletter, The Sunday Paper. It's free and it's really good. Just visit my website, mariashriver.com to subscribe. I hope you'll also check out my book, I've Been Thinking, and its new companion, I've Been Thinking, The Journal. Like this podcast, these books were created to help you 
on your path to a meaningful life. More details on my website about all of that as well. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to being in community with you again right here each Monday.